chapter 4, let's start with verse number 7. The Bible says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but, he, uh, but all, that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in, in him all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Let's pray. Father, I come to you tonight. Lord, I ask you for your wisdom, Father, your understanding. Lord, I pray that, Lord, as we just talk about a very simple topic, that our hearts would be, would be touched and, Father, our hearts would be uplifted closer to you. Lord, I pray that our... our uh, our thoughts would be more in line with your thoughts. And, Father, the, I believe that in so doing, our actions will be more in line with uh, what you'd have us to do. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd bless the service tonight. I pray that you'd bless each and every individual heart. Lord, you take your word. Use it as you see fit. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would have complete and uh, total freedom to, to do as he would in the hearts of these people. Father, I ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight, I, I want to I talk to you and just about something pretty simple. And uh, take your Bibles while I'm giving the introduction here to Hebrews in chapter 10. I want to talk to you tonight about why, why, why church. Um, in a day and an age when so many are forsaking the church, the question needs to be asked why? Why church? And tonight, I'm going to try to take a look at some scripture and give you some answers. Um, it is sad, but we seem to have a mass exodus today away from the church. Um, many studies have been done. Many polls have been taken about the younger generation is walking away from the, the church that is this. And I think it bears uh, some soul searching. It bears some answers. And tonight, I hope, you, I hope to give you some things to sink your teeth into and to truly uh, take home with you. Why church? Hebrews chapter 10, and probably the most used verse when it comes to gathering together. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, the Bible says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. We use this to encourage one another to come to church, and I think you can rightfully use it that way, and I think it ought to be used that way. But folks, tonight, I, I want to I ask the question, why, why church? Why church? What's the importance of the church? Well, in Matthew in chapter 16 and verse 18, we are told that Jesus Christ told his disciples at that time that upon this rock, I will build my church. And he said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. The church was founded by whom? 
founded by Christ. It was not founded by the Apostle Peter or Pope Peter, as the Catholics say. It was founded by Jesus Christ. The church was started by Jesus Christ. In 1 Timothy, in chapter 3, in verse number 15, the church is called the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is referred to as that. And, and it's important. The church is where the Word of God is supposed to go out, where the Word of God is supposed to be taught and, and preached and thundered about. In Ephesians in chapter 5 and verse 23, the, the, the church is likened to the bride of Christ. In Colossians in chapter 1 and verse 18, and then in our text, Ephesians in chapter 4 tonight, the church is likened to, the, uh, to, to, to the, 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 having Jesus Christ as the head of the church. Christ is likened to the head of the church. In Acts in chapter 22 and verse number 7, uh, the Apostle Paul is giving his testimony. And when the Apostle Paul was converted, Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me And so Jesus himself identifies with the church. And so the church is a wonderfully important thing to our Savior. And there's so much doctrine that can be thrown out there and just the verses and just the thoughts I've already given to you. And I want to, I want to give you some more practical things tonight. But I want you to understand the church is, is a big deal to God. You'll find no mention of the church in the Old Testament. You will find scores and scores of references to the church in the New Testament. In fact, you'll find most of Paul's epistles were written to the church. Written to the church in Philippi. Written to the church in Ephesus. Written to the church in Laodicea. Written to the church in Colossus. Written to the church in Corinth. All these epistles were sent out. The Revelation, John the Apostle wrote to seven churches in seven different places. Seven different states. Church is a big deal. To the Lord, and we need to understand that why church? Well, it's a big deal to God. But number one tonight, why church? Why why do we go to church? Why are we a part of the church? Why are we involved in church? Number one tonight, in Hebrews chapter ten and verse twenty-five, and I'm going to say this: this is all that should be necessary, but because it is commanded, because it is commanded. In verse number twenty-five, it says, "Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together." God says we ought to be there when the Christians get together. Studying this verse and looking at some of the, the historical perspectives on this, what some of the, the scholars and theologians write about is at this time the church was under persecution and we do know that. We also know that the Gentiles were being saved by the masses. Many, many Gentiles were coming to Christ. Well, the Jews were not especially fond of the Gentiles claiming Jesus Christ. They didn't like that. Even though they didn't accept him himself, themselves, they didn't care for the fact that the Gentiles were. And so there, would, there was a conflict. And, and so some of the Jews would, would forsake the assembling of the church. And they would go out of their way and, they, they, and so on and so forth. And there was a lot of internal tension. And we, 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 today we understand what tension can be in the church. And every church has tension at times and so on and so forth. Not Jew and Gentile, just knucklehead and knucklehead today. But we get that and understand that. But there were some problems within the church here. They were forsaking the assembling of themselves one together. Whether it was because of prejudices or, uh, based on race or, or, or who they were. Whether it was based on persecution and they were fearful for their lives. They were forsaking the assembling of themselves together. And here we are told that we ought not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. In fact, we ought to meet the more as we see the day approaching. That's what the scriptures command here. And so we understand that. Why church? Well, because it's commanded. Because it's commanded. 
Now, God does give us more reasons because he knew that we would not just take that simple command at face value. Folks, I will tell you this. When God says it, just do it, even if you don't understand why. And I'm going to jump off topic here just for a moment. But we have so many people today who want to question the word of God. The word of God is the word of God. Just do it. If it says this is right, then this is right. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to be able to scientifically explain it. Just do it. You say, well, well, uh, that's not the way I feel. It doesn't matter how you feel. Just do what God's word says to do. And it seems we have a generation of people just saying, well, well, why do I have to do that? Because God said. Well, well, but, but, but why do I have to, 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 to live in such a manner? And we, we get that whiny, high-pitched, why? Just get rid of the why and just do what God has said. We, we, for some reason, have just got this thing in our minds that unless God, if God, unless God shows me every reason why I'm supposed to do this and it makes perfect sense to me, well, then I'm not going to. Well, then you're wrong. And I'm going to tell you this tonight. Folks, there's a lot of things in my life, just speaking personally, or God hasn't shown me why I do them until I start doing them. Do, do you understand? I'm sorry, as a child, I did not understand why my father sometimes said no. But he did have a reason other than to make my life miserable. And I'm going to tell you tonight, some of you, hey, some of you think God's just out to ruin your fun. Some of you young people think God, God's out, well, he just doesn't want me to enjoy my life. Yes, he does. Well, well, well I, I'm in love. No, you're in lust, and just admit it. You're not supposed to be messing around before you're married. All right? Just keep your hands off. It's a wonderful policy. It'll take care of all sorts of problems for you young people. Well, but, but we love each other. There's nothing wrong with holding hands. And, and I love the verse. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Well, it doesn't say it's sin. Well, God did say it's a, not a good idea. And if God said it's not a good idea, I'm thinking that God's probably saying it's not a good idea. And that we should say, right? Doesn't that make sense? Pardon me. We're engaged. I don't care if you're, you're, you're espoused and betrothed and have signed contracts. It doesn't matter. Just do what God says. You say, Pastor, what does this have to do with the church? Nothing. Just do what God says. And folks, i got to tell you, our lives would be so much better off if we just learned to very simply say, God, you tell me to be in church. Okay. Instead of saying, prove it, God. Why does God need to prove anything? I mean, how did he create the world? He spoke it into existence. If God's word, spoken, can create a world that can inhabit and keep life going, don't you think that we, as the beings that he created, should just say, huh, God's word probably is pretty incredible. And yet, we seem to challenge it at every point. But tonight, why church? Number one, because it's commanded. Why should you be in church? Because it's commanded. Well, 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 pastor, you know, I, I just, it doesn't fit my schedule. Brother, why church? Because it's commanded. Just show by, I love going out and visiting people because so many churches have just gone to a Sunday morning service. And they say, well, well, we can't come on Sunday mornings because we work. I say, oh, that's great because we have it Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night because with one of those services, we'll catch your schedule right. That's a blessing to me. It really is. Just to be able to sweetly smile and say, oh, that's not a problem. We have a service just for you. Now, folk, we ought not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Let me say this. There are some people, and I've dealt with some of these the last couple of years, who are super spiritual and don't need the church anymore. 
we're, we're, we're the source of all wisdom and power. I'm, I'm older than the pastor. Well, good for you. I'm 37 years old. A good number of you here tonight are a little older than the pastor. I'm not saying that's, that's great. Someday I'll be old like you, Lord willing. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something, folks. The word of God is the word of God no matter whose mouth it comes out of. I mean, if we had a 12-year-old kid get up tonight and preach the gospel, praise God, the word of God ought to be amen and hallelujah. You say, well, who's that little pipsqueak? Brother, if it's the word of God, who cares who the little pipsqueak is? Amen? I mean, when David killed Goliath, I think all Israel applauded the little pipsqueak. Didn't they? If I remember right, they said Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. He's a little pipsqueak. Paul didn't, Saul didn't care for that. But he did what God had told him to do. And friend, tonight, we need to learn to do what God has told us to do. Why, church? Because it is commanded. And I, I'm going to tell you this. This is my personal opinion. I think one of the biggest problems we have, one of the biggest reasons we have young people leaving church, and there's several of them, but one of the biggest reasons we have young people leaving, 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 leaving church at record numbers is because, parents, we have stopped teaching our children to just obey. Okay, once upon a time, and I, I remember my father, every time we had a babysitter, all right, we had babysitters until I was about 17 years old because my parents couldn't trust me, amen, but, but we had babysitters, and the babysitter would come over, and my father would look at me instead of all three of us, but he'd look right at me, and he'd say, son, he said, if the babysitter says jump, he said, you jump, and then you ask how high. Why, dad? I didn't ask why, all right, because if I said, why, dad, dad was going to bat me inside of the head. Amen? He was going to help me to jump with the sole of his foot. Amen? And so I figured out very quickly, hey, I need to do what I'm told to do. And parents, we've said, well, my little Johnny needs to under, he's four years old. He's not going to understand why he doesn't go and play in the fire. Just say no. Your kid doesn't need to understand everything. Your kid needs to obey. Yes? I mean, folks, we have trained up a generation. Well, the, the little Susie, the, they just... Don't, don't yell at her. She doesn't understand. That's the problem. She won't obey. That's the problem. And isn't that she doesn't understand? Do you, how, how many, what does no mean? Yes, no means no. But may I say this? It seems in the lives of our young people, it doesn't. Well, Dad, you have to have a reason. And we get these little teenagers that get this little rebellious streak, and they say, well, 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 well I, I just I don't agree with you. Folks, it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. If God said it, brother, do it. And I'm going to say this, parents, if you say it, your kids ought to do it. Stop trying to explain everything to your children and teach them to obey first, and then after they're obeying, say, see, this is why we do what we do, because it makes perfect sense. And I'm going to tell you something. You get somebody doing the right thing, it's a lot easier to understand why you're doing the right thing than when you're doing the wrong thing. Well, my understanding isn't developed. Brothers, just start doing the right thing, and your understanding will develop very quickly. Yes? I'm sorry. I, folks, I, again, working and doing practical jobs, when somebody says, that's the wrong way to do it, let me show you the right thing, and then they start showing me, and I follow their instructions. It's amazing how when you do things the right way, things go together quite well. Amen? Yes? You know, you're using the wrong end of the hammer, genius. Yes? Use this end. And things will go much better for you. Well, when I started using the right end of the hammer, things really did go better for me. Nails went in much quicker. And folks, i got to say it, 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 it it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad statement of our society that our children... You say, well, well, there's deep theological reasons why kids are leaving the church. That is true. But may I say this? There's some things right on the surface that are causing a lot bigger problems. 
I'm sorry, people are not any deeper than they used to be. If anything, they're more shallow. People are not more theologically educated. They're, they're more ignorant today. The problem is, as we stop saying, hey, you do what you're supposed to do. I don't care what you think. Just do it, and then we'll teach you why. And so tonight, why do we go to church? Because it is commanded. Secondly, and take your Bibles back to Ephesians in chapter 4. Ephesians in chapter 4. There's so much that can be said on this topic, and I just, again, I want to try to give you some, just some very practical things tonight. But Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 11, it tells why he gave apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he says this, and he gave them to the church, and he says in verse 12, he says, for the perfecting of the saints. For, for the perfecting of the saints. Folks, the, the church, why church? Because it helps us to grow through the preaching and teaching of God's word. Because it helps us to grow through the preaching and teaching of God's word. In Acts chapter and 20, Acts chapter and 20 and verse number 7, the Bible says this, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Paul preached the word of God to these people. And he did it to help them to grow. Now folks, understand this tonight. The church is to preach the word of God to help us grow. The preaching of the word of God is so important. And so many churches today are moving in the opposite direction of this book. We are running entertainment services. We are running praise and worship services. And it seems that the Word of God has been set on the back burner. And my friend may say it's more than just seems, it has happened. The Word of God is ceasing to take place in the Word of God. See, why church? Because it helps us grow through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. 2 Timothy in chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says, Preach the Word and be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. My friend, may I tell you tonight, the preaching of the Word of God is going to do something in your life. It is going to help you for the perfecting of the saints. It is going to help you to grow. I'm going to tell you some things. Some people, they say, well, we just want all the preaching to be positive. Brother, that's not what God said. God said that the, the preaching of the Word of God coming from the pastors and the teachers was for the perfecting of the saints. There are some things in our lives that are causing us to stumble and to fall, and they're ceasing us from being mature, grown-up, perfect Christians. Man, tonight I desire my life to be stable. I want my Christian life to be grounded in the Word of God. I want to be able to stand in the storms of life. And my friend, the church, the preaching of God's Word is going to help me to do that. In Romans in chapter 10 and verse 17, the Bible says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. In the verses preceding that, it's talking about those that preach the Word of God, the gospel, are blessed. And my friend tonight, may we understand that we come to church so that we can hear the Word of God preached so that we may grow. Christian, I hope that you're challenged when you come to church. I hope sometimes that God steps on your toes, amen? 
I hope sometimes that you have to sit back for a moment and look at your life and say, we got to do some changing. we got to do some house cleaning. And my friend tonight, why church? Because it helps us to grow through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. If God's Word is not held up and brought forth, my friend, it's just a social club. And that's what we have taking place today. So we see that the church is for the perfecting of the saints. Thirdly, we see that the church is for the work of the ministry. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, for the perfecting of the saints and then for the work of the ministry. Why church? Because it gives us a place of service and ministry. Folks, there's some organization. I don't have time to go into all this tonight. But there is organization given for the local church. There are people who are placed there to help organize. And, and folks, I'm going to tell you something. So much more gets done when it's not just one person doing it. Do you understand when there is a body of believers working together, so much more can be accomplished for the good of Jesus Christ? It seems in today's culture that we do not want to work together for the cause of Christ. We all want to be our own God and follow our own desires. And my friend, that's dangerous. You see, the church was given for the work of the ministry. There are things God wants done. And He's put us here together to do that work. Folks, I'm going to tell you something tonight. This is something that is not taking place in today's culture. People are walking out of church saying, well, I just dis we, we, we disagree over, over the most foolish of things. People get bent out of shape over, over seemingly nothing. And I'm going to tell you something. Be so careful. You see, the church was put here for the work of the ministry. What is the ministry? It's the cause of Christ. I have been put here to reach others. Folks, do you understand that in, within the, the confines of the local church that there are teachers, there are disciplers, there are those that can help others to grow. And so when we bring them into the family of Christ, we are bringing them in for the work of the ministry. Hey, let's face it, folks. There are some people that if I can get someone else attached to are going to take care of them and are going to help them and are going to love on them, are going to help them to grow. I want my young people to have some good influences in their life Besides mom and dad. And the church is there to help for the work of the ministry. Man, I desire to have my children's lives touched by those who love God. And yet today, it seems there's an exodus from that. Well, we have our own ministry. What, what do you mean by that? The church is for the work of the ministry. I mean, we're supposed to be in this together. And I'm not saying we're all going to have the same things that we are. We aren't. But we can all be involved with the same ministry. And we can all bring people to Jesus Christ. And we can all usher and all be going in the same direction. And folks, I've got to tell you, this is something that's just fallen apart. And I'm not saying that we're all going to hold hands and, and get all, all ecumenical in our movement. That's not what I'm saying at all. We're not going to allow error and false doctrine in. What I am saying is that among those that are truly born again by the grace of God, we need to come to a place in our lives where we understand that the church is for the work of the ministry. I mean, are you trying to accomplish something for the Lord Jesus Christ, or are you just sitting on the outside on the fence? 
was talking to one of the fellows tonight, and he was telling me about some people that he knows, and they said that they come to church over in Prairie to a different denomination, but they come to Prairie from a, a town that's a little further out because they, don't want, they want to come to a church where they don't have to do anything. Well, that's pointless. Folks, if you're going to be in a church that is a gospel-preaching church, and this one is, then get involved for the work of the ministry. Man, our church is only going to go as far as its people take it. And folks, I hope you understand that. We're involved in the work of the ministry. Every single one of us tonight is supposed to be a vital cog in the body that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the head, he controls the function, he controls the direction, but we are to act in accordance with that. And I'll tell you this, it is wearying to me as people walk away from the church and say, "Well, well, I got my own ideas, I know you got your own ideas, but there ought to be a submissiveness to the Lord Jesus Christ, and there ought to be a willingness to serve within a structure of leadership. Why church? Because it gives us a place of service and ministry. Fourthly, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why church? Because it edifies us. The word edification or edifying means to build up. Why church? Because it builds us up together. There's a man that comes to church every Sunday morning. And he's told me multiple times through the years, he says, I come to church every Sunday. He says, because my family and my kids know that if I don't, he said, I just have a bad week. Folks, I wish we'd all grab hold of a little piece of that. The preaching and the teaching of the Word of God edifies us. It builds us up. It pushes us a little closer to God. God's word and God's truth are supernatural. And the church, the true church, the New Testament church, will build us up and will encourage us to go forward for Christ and for his cause. Why church? Brother, because it's going to build you up. I understand. Sometimes it's going to tear you down a little bit. That's the perfecting of the saints. That's maturing. That's growing. That's getting beat down a little bit. I was reading an article today about a young man who's going to be in the NBA draft next week. And when he, he started working out with a, with a coach, and the coach told him, he said, I hate the way you shoot the ball. And he's, he's taught the young man how to completely shoot the ball properly again. So he's got the right spin on the ball. Instead of a side spin, he's got a back spin. Every once in a while, you need some things broken down in your life. But then I'm going to tell you, my friend, what God does is he builds you back up. God doesn't tear you down to destroy you. God tears some things apart in your life so he can build you back up so you're more useful for him. That's what the church is going to do. Yeah, there's going to be some things that you're going to have to change in your life. There's going to be some things that are disciplined. There's going to be some things that are preached against. There's going to be some things you're doing that are going to be preached against. Amen? And my friend, I'm going to tell you this though, you get the right spirit and you get the right attitude, God is going to build you back up and he's going to make you far more useful than you ever could have been on your own. Man, what a blessing it is to know that God's church is here to help edify me. And folks, he does it through his word and through his truth. 
understand that. I'm not saying that a, that a, that a so-called church service will do that. I'm saying that a, a church where the Word of God is preached will build you up and will make you be the man or the woman or the young person you're supposed to be. The church that preaches the Word of God will do that. And I look at a congregation tonight, a congregation that I love, and a congregation that I pray for, and a congregation that I live for, and I want you to know this, that the Word of God, my friend, will build you up, and the church that preaches the Word of God will build you up. Don't sit there and say, well, well, nothing's happened in my life. My friend, I'm going to tell you this. If you're paying attention and you're listening, the church, the truth, will build you. And we got too many people today who are sitting on the sidelines and sitting outside and saying, well, well, I've arrived. Brother, you haven't arrived. There are some things in your life that need to be changed. There are some areas in their life that need to be matured. There are some aspects of your personality that need to have some rough edges worn off and have some things done. And God's going to use His Word through the local church to do that. It builds us up together. It edifies us. Christian tonight. Why church? Why church? People are asking that question. And folks, I got to tell you, because it's commanded. Because it helps to perfect us or mature us. It's for the work of the ministry or for the cause of Christ. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, it says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That ought to be our heart's desire. And folks, tonight, there's, there's a lot of reasons young people are walking away from the church. I think it's because they haven't been taught to obey. I think it's because the church has failed in many senses by not teaching doctrine. All right? We're, we're um, people that are going to so-called Protestant churches don't even believe in the book of Genesis. If you don't believe in the fundamentals of, of, of where we came from, as far as God is concerned, my friend, why are you going to believe in Jesus Christ? All right, understand that we're not we're not teaching pure doctrine anymore in our churches. We're teaching fluff. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but if you don't believe what the book of Genesis teaches, how are you going to be saved? Because the book of Genesis teaches about the fall of man. It teaches that man is a sinner by nature, by choice. Okay, understand that we are sinful people. The church has got to do a better job of teaching doctrine. I understand that. And there are things that we can do and things that we will do as a church to make sure that we're getting the right things across. Folks, I want you to understand the importance. Why, why, Pastor, why, do I, why should I come to church? Well, number one, it's what God told you to do. That should be enough. But it's also for the perfecting of the saints. It's to help you grow. And you ought to be growing, by the way, if the book is preached. Ben, I, I've talked to people, well, I, just the, the, the sermons never seem to touch my heart. Was the word of God preached? If the answer is yes, it's not the preacher's fault. Okay? God, <laughs> you say, that's a cop-out. You better believe it is. I'm blaming God because, folks, he said his word will not return void. That ain't my problem. Okay? Thirdly, okay, 
Folks, it's the work of the ministry. This, this, this church is only going to go as far as you take it. And lastly, and folks, understand this, is to build us up. I pray. You know, I, I was so thankful yesterday as Brother Matt Vanetta and Matt, Matt, I worked him so hard yesterday, he can't even make church tonight. But I was so thankful I was able to call some Christian brothers and Christian sisters to come out and help with that stinking log jam that we had. I'm going to tell you something. That built me up to have my Christian brothers there yelling and screaming at me. It was a blessing, me yelling and screaming back. And, folks, I'm going to tell you something. There's just something about the local church. And I mentioned this to the Sunday school class talking about a different topic this morning. I don't understand why the church works the way it does. I don't. All I know is that it does. And what God set forth works the way God wants it to work. And when we forsake the church and we turn our back on our fellow believers, folks, we're forsaking not only our fellow believers, we're also forsaking Him. Because remember, He identifies with the local church. And folks, tonight, I just want to challenge you. Why church? So many people seemingly lately. Why do we go to church? Why do we go to church? I don't believe in that. Try to give you four practical reasons tonight why. Let's go and stand to our feet. In a moment, the piano is going to play. And folks, I, I just, I'd encourage you, and I, this is not an invitation type message, but if the Lord has laid something in your heart, I'd encourage you to take it up with him tonight. There are some things in our hearts, and, and I'll say this, that just need to, be, need to be settled because God said so. Just, that's it. God said it, that settles it. There's some of us tonight, we need to, Get involved in the work of the ministry. And folks, some of us just need to understand, hey, the church is a big deal to the Lord. He gave himself for it. I understand all the particulars. And folks, this is, I could talk doctrinally for hours on this. But I just want you to understand practically there are some very real reasons why God gave us this thing. For heaven's sakes, let's take advantage of it. As the piano begins to play, if the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar.
right. Well, praise the Lord, folks. Thank you for being here tonight. Do pray for the Yardells. Betty, have you heard if they got unstranded? Nope. So they're still stranded as far as we know. Pray for them. All right. I bet they probably made them walk, Betty. I really do. All right. Praise the Lord. But do pray for Bob and Beth Uridel. And uh, folks, just, yeah, blessing. I'm going to have Brother Brom close in a word of prayer. You pray for them. Their driveway, man, it got washed out. They had water in their basement, the mud in their garage. They have Luke living at home. and uh, <laughs> But they've had quite a time here the last couple of days. And I just appreciate them. I truly do. And good night. They're a blessing. They're a blessing and so willing to help. But just... Um, Folks, thank you for being here. Let's be faithful. Let's be faithful. God's given us this thing. And I, I, I know she ain't all she ought to be because we got a bunch of crazy people in part of it, all right? But I will say this. This, is, this church is something that God has given us. Let's never dare take it for granted. And by the grace of God, let's do all we can to see the Lord use it as he would see fit. Let's grow up into Christ as a body that is fitly joined together so that Christ can use us. And folks, what a testimony. What a testimony to have this church be a body of Christ where Christ is truly the head and where the body is fitly joined together and we work underneath that authority. Brother Brom, you dismiss us.